You're listening to Jack of All Trades, Master of Nothing, a podcast that celebrates those who do a little bit of everything. We bring together creative people who followed the unconventional path, pursuing multiple trades, sometimes at the same time. So get ready to be inspired, because as the saying goes, master of none is often better than master of one. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Jack of All Trades podcast. You know, again, I'm kind of still out of order with how this is going on, uh, but I'm happy to be getting this stuff out to you. I hope you guys had a wonderful week and that you're ready for another cool conversation about being an artist, actually. This one is particularly focused around... Actually, the transition away from Broadway, away from musical theater and changing dreams and changing priorities. So it's we talk a lot about the industry on this podcast, the entertainment industry specifically, mostly because that's the people that I know. Uh, And I'm always open for other people in other fields. If y'all got them, send me an email. Um, Let us know. Bring on other people. Uh, But this uh, interview today is with a friend that I made on one of my first big gigs, which was the National Tour of Cabaret, and we'll get into talking about it a bit and all that jazz. Uh, But Kelsey is a really cool person. She was a swing. We talk about what it means to be a swing on the podcast a bit, so if you don't know what that is, don't worry. We're going to get into that. Um, It was also an actor-musician show, so we were playing... (laughs) We were also the orchestra, so we were... We were dancing and singing and acting like you would in any other show. And then we were also playing all the music. And and not only was that just like my job, Kelsey had to learn as a swing everybody else's jobs too. Uh, so Kelsey uh, talks about what that's like, um, how that experience and just other experiences and change of priorities and focus allowed her to shift out of that. She's currently in school. Um, so she's going to talk about that transition and uh, where she hopes to go with that. Um, she also talks about in her early life about Irish dancing, which has a whole other it's it's like a huge big thing. I remember there was another uh, woman in our cast that also did Irish dancing, had an Irish dancing background. So uh, she'll speak on that as well. So um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, it's cool to bring back old friends and see how they're doing. This is also kind of a catch up for us because we haven't seen each other in a while since when we recorded this. Uh, so I, I hope you have a good time. Uh, and without further ado, here is our conversation with Kelsey Becker. Yay! Hi, Kelsey! Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. Good. I haven't talked to you in a while. It was like we, we I had know. Like, a, like a lunch date like a year ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Fall? It was fall. Yeah, it was definitely cold out. Yeah, it must have been the fall. We went to Grey Dog, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. That was like the best. That was like, I'm honestly, I remember walking away from that lunch being like, wow. Like, I feel refreshed and renewed. It was like such a great conversation. Yeah. It was a great conversation. We talked about a lot. We'll probably talk about some stuff again, but we talked, I remember we talked about like relationships. We talked about how like, We've learned yeah. and grown and changed. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for the for the audience to hear how we know each other, Kelsey and I toured together on the national tour of Cabaret, like <laughs> a long time ago, actually. I know. Now. Honestly, like it just came up on my Facebook that we closed five years ago. Wow. Yeah. I think it was August 6th we closed. 
at the Kennedy Center. So it was five years ago, which is like insane to even think about because I just feel like so much has happened. I mean, so much has happened. I mean, I'm a totally different person at this point. Yeah. Yeah. For good. For Me good. Re- for good reasons. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I'm not saying yes, like you're different than God. Like, it's for good reasons. I'm no, saying, for, no, no, I'm no, saying no, no. personally for me, yes, I agree. I feel like way more at peace, like with my life and my the path and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and maybe that's just like entering our 30s, and like that's that time of life where we're just like finally like you know what, like. Mm-hmm. I take control of my own life at this point. I'm done experimenting. Yeah. Like I've not. Nah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I remember when I was in college or even at the end of high school and in college and just out of college, I just, um, I was always like, you know, like what's next? Like, where am I going to be? Like, ah, like moving around and just hopping from place to place. And I was like, stability, pff, whatever, <laughs> who needs it? Not important. <laughs> All of a sudden, one day, I just, like, woke up, and I was like, stability, hmm, doesn't sound so bad. (laughs) So that's where I'm at, I guess, in my life. I'm like, let's just be stable. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that the true dream? Like, I know. I'm like, who am I? I'm like, if, like, 18-year-old Kelsey, like, looked at me, she'd be like, girl, what are you doing? Like, stability, what? But I'm so happy, and... um. Yeah, it just feels good. Oh, I'm, I'm so ex- I'm so glad, and I know we just had Cabaret was like <sighs> a long sigh. It was a hard time, and it was yeah. a great time. There were a lot of amazing mm-hmm. things that happened, but it was also yeah. a really challenging time for many different reasons. For I think for different people, um, just mm-hmm. touring in general is is a hard thing to do. Yeah, um, as exciting as it is, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, you get to travel and you get to see all these amazing places and play these amazing theaters. But like, you know, you do miss out on a lot with friends and family that are back home. And yeah, of course, you cultivate amazing relationships on the road. And, you know, your your people you work with hopefully become sort of that family, you know, that you have left behind. But Honestly, for me, I think the hardest part of all of it was coming back and mm-hmm. trying to like come back into, I don't know, just like the world. Like I had yeah. done this amazing thing that, you know, very few people do. And I feel very blessed to have done it. I feel very lucky to have done it. Of course, it was such a dream come true. And then coming back, it's like, oh, but like the world you know, the world still goes on and you're just thrown back into this life that you left years before and you have to kind of navigate it. I don't know. That was, for me, that was the hardest part about it because I had done cabaret, but then before that I had done like a smaller tour and I had done a regional show. So I was kind of gone like for the better part of three years. And then going back, you know, into like auditioning and the side jobs and making rent payments and, you know, all the just day-to-day things. You're like, whoa. It was just like, a, whoa. It was a big, big um, transition. It was a really yeah. big transition. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a shock back and forth. I mean, the, we'll talk about this. We talk a lot about actors and musical theater, obviously, on here, because that's the most of the people that I know, and that's what I do. So, right, right? right. So, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, I think for people that don't know what it is, if if you do listen to this, it's like actors or artists in general, I guess, uh, especially those that audition for things, like there's something that you have to be so used to adapting, like, constantly mm-hmm. to environments to situations um to like life changing events can yeah. happen and and i mean in a way it's a little bit like a drug chase mm-hmm. <laughs> or like gambling with your life savings it's a little like oh my god yeah. i can't wait for this like huge experience it's like I, you know I'll, I'll find kind of like the perfect high i'll have the perfect dream that comes in but most of the other time you're just like scrounging to like be seen or get i know, you know yeah it's, it's crazy and then you see other people they like hit the jackpot and you're like that's gonna be me i'm gonna get it it's gonna happen <laughs> You know, and that's fine, but it's yeah. like the highs and lows of it can't really truly be healthy for any one person, right? <laughs> like- yeah. I think, as I was saying, I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, this is so cool. You know, the highs are high, the lows are low, like everything is like coming and going and it's so, you know, I'm doing this cool thing and then you just, I know for me personally, I mean, it might not be this way for everyone, but for me, I was just like, I'm this is, this is getting old, you know, I just, it's just getting old. So that was my experience, but you know, not everyone has that experience. So yeah, everyone's different. I mean, and that's why I brought you on because I want you to talk about yours because I think it's important for people that might be the, the best part about this podcast is like, I try to bring on different kinds of people. That's like with the Jack of all trades, it's like, Mm -hmm. there's, people that pursue multiple things that was kind of the foundation of it but then at the end of the day there's also different kinds of people with different attitudes and different um approaches to how they do things and or even masters that have uh, different subjects bringing them on to like have them talk about it even if they are a master of something it's like the variety you know and exposure to different people's opinions and lifestyles and understanding of things um kind of creates this project that it is in a sense a jack of all trades thing but Mm -hmm. overall can hopefully be a source of people to like pull information from to be like oh wait that's kind of like me or like wait I kind of feel that way yeah I've never heard that before right so and some of this stuff is important for people to hear because if you like I know as an artist like you kind of get lost in this dream of like well if you pause you've failed or Mm -hmm. if you stop for a second to contemplate like wait is this really for me or is this really what what I want to do it's like so taboo to like because it's like well you're giving up and it's like Mm -hmm. okay wait a second like maybe this is actually like important for me to do in my life like take take responsibility for like what I actually want and maybe learning the truth about something is the best thing that could happen but it's so scary when you feel like you're by yourself figuring it out you know Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, I felt like that. I don't know if you remember, but when we were in our last month of tour and we were in DC, like I was having major, major doubts. I was having doubts about it for a while, but especially that last month, I don't, I was like, I just don't know if I want to do this. I don't, you know, my heart isn't in it. I don't know X, Y, and Z. And again, again, extremely grateful that I was on that show. I would not have changed it for the world. I don't want it to come across like I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't done it. Like I am so, oh my gosh. You know, I'm so grateful to have done that job. I 
you know, the highs are highs, the lows are low, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, and then I was like, like what you said, I was like kind of contemplating it, but then I was like still kind of one foot in, one foot out, kind of auditioning, but not really doing it and taking class, but my heart really wasn't in it. But like all of these outside voices and this noise was like, you got to do this. Like, this is what you're doing. Like, if you don't do it, you're a failure. And if you're you're not booking jobs, like you're not good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, gosh, I guess I need to be doing this, you know? Yeah. I struggled with that for, I struggled with that for a really long time. And, um, I, I think the, the name of the podcast, like, um, Jack of all trades, master of none. I was like, I get it. I was like, I feel that because I feel like I do do a lot of things well, but I don't have like one thing that I'm like the best, you know? So I, that was another thing I was like, oh, well maybe I'll be a yoga teacher. So I got my yoga certification or maybe I'll do this. So I did that, you know, you know, I did all these things, you know? So it's like, Cause I was like, I like this, you know, I like that. So I really did. Um, I was like, this is great. This is, this podcast title is like, this is, yeah. I was like, this is me. You know, I felt, I really felt, uh, I resonated with it. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. I mean, I, I kind of want to mention two things off of that. And then I want to kind of get into your history so people can kind of get to know you a little bit more about, um, your background and your yeah. upbringing and that kind of stuff. But, um, to to piggyback off of you, the jack of all trades comment that you made, um, my kind of outlook on it is like, yes, there are people like I've had my acting teacher on here who is very much truly a master of teaching the art of acting. Right. Um, although in a broader sense of the phrase jack of all trades, like I like to live my life in a way that's like I kind of accept that I don't know that I'm ever going to truly – like personally master anything because I'm always going to want to continue to learn Mm -hmm. right from just from what I want in my life is like I don't you know I feel like I'm just no matter what even if I do feel like I've mastered something I I feel like the more you learn about something the more you realize you don't know about Mm. something right that's my thoughts on that granted I'm like gonna be 30 this year I'm still very young and like obviously I'm gonna continue to learn but another great thing about this podcast is like I invite people that I want to learn from too. It's like kind of selfish in a way. I'm like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really doing this for me. And if you all want to hear it, that's cool. But like, it's like greatly for me. <laughs> so oh, great. So hours. great. Thank you. Really Thank reveal. you for coming. <laughs> so thanks Kelsey. Thank you so much. Oh, um, my gosh. But also the sense of gratitude that's like I was just talking to my sister about this the other day of like I'm I'm very great there there is a little bit of culture I think in our industry of like you there is how do I want to say this it's important to have gratitude on a personal level for enjoyment of your own life you know it's important to have gratitude for the health of your own heart and your own soul right but I do feel like in our industry gratitude is used almost as this like reflexive uh response to well you should just be happy with what you get kind of idea that it's like I'm grateful I promise I was super grateful even though there were things that were very flawed about it right you know and so I you know I think gratitude in a sense is like it's a very personal experience that's like 
but I get I get bothered when people kind of tell me, well, you should be grateful. And it's like, why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like that's like explain <laughs> uh, <laughs> me what I should feel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> I should should I be grateful because this other person would want it or so many other people want it? Like that's cool if they right. want it. They could keep working towards it. And I also hope that they continue to enjoy the experience, but I also hope that they don't ignore things that are fundamentally flawed about it too Mm -hmm. like it's it's possible to be grateful for something but then also like acknowledge that like okay like i acknowledge that like x y and z were fucked up in a way or harmful to people in a way yeah and and then and then from that point you like choose whether you want to engage in it or not right that's the autonomy that's like the the self-preservational step that you take moving forward yeah but i just wanted to say that because that's been a theme on here the first season was a lot about like grieving a lot of the things that were very flawed about our industry and i think was the reason why you or other people have chosen to like be like you know what i don't want to be part of this anymore yeah i don't feel good about this yeah um, but this, uh, this season's very much about like, okay, like how do we move forward? Like, how do we, how do we return to positivity or yeah. gratefulness or light mm-hmm. from a sense of like, oh, this is for like my own joy or like our own well being, you know? But anyway, right. I just want to say that. But yeah. anyway, so I was talking a lot. <laughs> um, <love> it. <laughs> uh, so let's talk, let's get back to Kelsey and her <laughs> life story here so that the listeners can hear more about you. <laughs> Um, I'm just reacting. Her, her face is like, oh boy, like I'm like introducing her. Like, um, I was born on a September 12th, <laughs> like, sunny day. I don't know. September 12th was a sunny late fall day or early fall, I guess. Um, oh my god, happy almost birthday, by the way. Thank you, thank you so much. We're recording this in late summer. I don't know when it'll be posted. It might have already been your birthday by the time this is posted, oh, actually. Yeah. So right. we'll see. Um, but anyway, tell us a little bit about your history, like your background, you know, where you grew up, like, um, what things you were involved in at a young age and kind of how it led you. That's a super big question, but like, how did you end up here? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, I was born in New Haven, Connecticut, and I moved to Westchester, Pennsylvania the summer before I turned four. So I grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and I would say that growing up, you know, it's like um, one of those places where you're like, oh, can't wait to get out of here, you know, Ugh, let's, uh, you know, let's like, like blow this popsicle stand. And then when you're out, you're like, oh, wait, that place was like actually like the best place ever, you know, it, a gorgeous small town, America, like well, depending on traffic, about 45 minutes west of Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Yes, I'm the youngest of four children. Um, I At an early age, I guess I started, I was put into ballet class and I did that for a couple of years. I, I really didn't love it because I didn't like wearing tights and I didn't like wearing a leotard. So I kind of was like, I love to dance like at a young age, you know, I, my family and I would go to church and I would get up and, and dance in the aisles and dance around as a toddler at church, like singing and just, you know, my parents were like, all right, let her go, you know, whatever. So they put me in dance class and I was like, ballet, eh, not so much for me. I'd say now looking back, I wish I'd stuck with it, but whatever. And when I was seven, I actually started 
Irish dancing. I think it was when like all of that like river dance and Lord of the Dance and all of those dance shows kind of became really popular. Like Michael Flatley was like really big. And I remember going to like a family friend's party and they had like the river dance or Lord of the Dance VHS tape. And we like watched this tape, you know, and my mom was kind of like, cause at the time I was going to go, I was going to do hip hop, which is like, now I'm like, Whoa, like that's not, I can't do that at all. But, um, I, I just wanted to dance, but I wanted something different. And my mom was like, well, what about that? So yeah. So me and my friend started like, uh, pretty soon after that. Uh, yeah, I was seven and, um, you know, I took a couple dance classes and I remember going to my first dance competition and I didn't know what to expect. And I was just like young and my parents and I were just naive and whatever. And I ended up, I was entered into three categories, three different categories. And I ended up winning two of them and getting third in another. So we were kind of like, Oh, I guess, you know, she's good, you know, like who knew? Um, so yeah, I kept up with that and, um, I competitively Irish danced for like 10 years from like 10 years old, uh, seven years old to 17. Um, so my time was spent, you know, in dance class, you know, not a traditional, I don't think a traditional sense of like, I wasn't at the ballet bar every day, but you know, I, I, I would go to dance class three times a week. My dad, built a stage in our garage that was like turned into my dance studio. I practice every night. My mom would coach me. You know, I traveled all over America, Canada, overseas. And yeah, it took up a really big portion of my time. Um, Other than that, I, you know, I would do, I did uh, choir. I was in the like the church choir, the children's church choir. I was in the choir at school. Um, I would do summer theater shows and, you know, just as many shows as I could do with the time I had. I also was in the band. My, my mom played clarinet growing up. And so when I was like, do I want to play a instrument, an instrument? I was like, I want to play the clarinet, you know, cause my mom played the clarinet. So I, played the clarinet. I started in the fourth grade and, um, yeah, so that was that. I mean, I, I feel like I was, I was actually talking about it today to someone. I just felt like I was, I was really busy. I was, you know, I, I was in all honors classes and, you know, trying to keep up straight A's and B's. And, you know, I was in high school, I was competing on the weekends and in three different choirs and traveling and, you know, doing all of these things on the morning announcements, et cetera, et cetera. So that was kind of that. And then I guess ultimately I, well, I guess I should just like say, um, my mother got diagnosed with cancer when I was 11 and she had a brain tumor and she fought for a few years. And ultimately she died when I was 15. So I was a freshman in high school. So when she passed, I think a lot of my love for Irish dance kind of died with her. I, you know, um, cause we did it 
like together. We spent so much time doing it, just everything, you know, going to the competitions and just practicing and, you know, like my friends and my friend's moms became her friends. And it was just like such a community. And we just, and I got it, you know, she passed away and it kind of, some of it passed away with her. And, you know, my dad is amazing. My dad is the most amazing. Scotty B. Yeah. He, you know, and he, worked he just retired actually it's very exciting congratulations yeah I know it's very exciting um he worked really hard you know and to support his family and on top of that you know he kind of took the role of mother and father when my mom passed away you know and as best he could still traveled a lot for work and I was I was older you know so I was able to do a lot independently but it was just different you know, it's just different. And I, I started getting some injuries, you know, my feet were kind of not really where they used to be. And I was dealing with a lot of pain and it just, you know, it just kind of, it stopped being what it once was. Like, I think just the love kind of the, the love I had for it kind of left, got, you know, left. And so it was about like my junior year of high school. And I was kind of like, well, like it's kind of at a crossroads here. Like, do I want to stay home and go to a local school and continue to Irish dance and maybe perhaps teach someday and, you know, do that? Or do I want to pursue something different? And go away to college and do this, you know, different thing. So ultimately I decided to stop Irish dancing and I decided to pursue musical theater. So I kind of put, um, you know, all my eggs in that basket. It was something I had (laughs) grown up, you know, loving and doing, and I had been taking voice lessons and, you know, it wasn't something that one day I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It was more, it was like an organic um, process to get there. But yeah, I was like, I don't want to do anything else. And that's what I'm going to do. So I, you know, um, I don't know if it's still this way. I'm like, but back in like 2008, like I went and auditioned at all these schools. I don't know if it's virtual now or I don't really even know. A whole thing. They have to do like pre-screens. Right. And like, it's insane. But anyway. We didn't have to do that. So I just, you know, my, my dad and I traveled to all of these schools. I did all these auditions. And then ultimately I went to, I ended up going to Montclair State in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, yeah. So I have a, yeah, I was there for four years. Um, I have a BFA in musical theater and then, yeah, I graduated and kind of hit the ground running. Um, I guess I can, I don't know. That's like, that's up until then, that point. Yeah. And then you did, what was it? The seven brides tour? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I did like a lot of non-ex stuff for a while. Um, which was great. You know, I met, I met this like a USO thing too. A USO show troop very briefly. Um, yeah, I did seven brides for seven brothers tour. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I did Oklahoma. Yeah. I, you know, just stuff, you know, non-ex stuff. Um, and then, 
yeah, it was great. I loved it. You know, I was always moving about and um, doing the thing. And then it was, uh, I guess it was what really changed was when I went in for cabaret when they were like during the revival or the 2000 and I guess I went in for it in 2013. So I graduated college in 2012 and um, yeah, so 2013, I went in for the revival and that was on Broadway. You did those that circuit first. Yep. Nice. How many times did you go? And I remember some of our other castmates saying that they like went in like a million times. Yeah, I think I don't want to like be like I went in ten times. I I honestly really do think I went in like seven or eight times. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot of times. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess for like people listening or people that don't know, but um, we played our own instruments in this show, mm-hmm. so. It was like not only did we have to audition singing and dancing and acting, we also had to audition with our instruments or the instrument that we played. So as I mentioned before, I grew up playing the clarinet. Sarah plays the trumpet, as we might know. Yeah. Um, I'm playing. Wait, no, I'm not. I'm not playing the trumpet. The intro to this (laughs) podcast is played by my friend, Laura Kreitzer, but I wrote the song. And then she came around and like. It wasn't me. No, no, no. It's a trombone. Okay. So it's like lower, oh, okay. but it's fierce. So. so playing this intro. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? I wrote the song, yeah. so there's that. But yeah. yeah, I. It's it's too well played to be me. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So I did that, and ultimately, you know, I didn't book it, but I was extremely close. And then I did a few other things, and they came back around to cast the tour, and I didn't have to go in eight times, thank goodness, and I went in, like, two times, and I booked it, so that was very exciting, and the rest is history now. (laughs) The rest is history. I just, reminiscing about you and your clarinet, I know, I'm like, it's, like, under my bed. I'm like, oh, gosh. No, I think it's great. You know, I was the swing. So again, for people that don't know, I um I was an on-stage swing. So that means for cabaret, I was a lot in costume and makeup and hair, although we didn't wear wigs, but in costume and hair and makeup every night playing the score of the show, which I think was it roughly 20 songs? And then if, say, someone in the ensemble, a female member of the ensemble got sick or injured or had a vacation, then me or our other female swing, who um, was also playing every night in the show, um, would go on into a different role, into a role that required more singing and dancing and being, you know, on stage as like a character. So, yeah. So I think we performed roughly over 500 shows for Cabaret and I swung on, I guess that is what you say. Um, so I went on as a, a role, I guess, quote unquote, um, like one over a hundred times. So I guess a, a oh shit, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, fifth of the shows, I was I swung on into a role. So you know, sometimes you get to prep, and then sometimes they call you down mid show and throw you into a microphone and put you in for two ladies. So you know, it's like 
you know. So that was the most um, challenging thing I had ever done. I remember when my agent called me and was like, you booked Cabaret. And I was so excited. And he was like, they're offering you the swing. And I was like, ooh. And because I was like, that is like what, like the, you know, I was like, that's on a different level. I was like, that's nothing I had done before. I was like, okay, like that, you know, it's, it's extremely challenging. I was like, all right, like, here we go. Like someone, you know, I auditioned and someone saw that in me and, you know, someone, you know, those people that cast me in this believed that I was capable of doing this. And so that fueled me to be, to work my butt off and work as harder than I'd ever worked before. And I remember being in rehearsals for that month in the city before we hit the road and we would rehearse all day and then I would get home and I would literally practice my clarinet music until I couldn't, like until my mouth was, I felt like it was going to fall off. And that was like every day for a month. And then when we even got on the road, I was, I would come in early, I would practice. And then we had more rehearsals on the road and, you know, um, to keep things fresh. And I was still learning. I feel like it wasn't until months into the job when I actually felt like, okay, like I got it. You know, I just felt like there was so much material and who knows? I mean, maybe that's me. Maybe that's every swing that's ever done the job. No. I don't know. I think just as an actor musician. So first of all, just <laughs> For most musicals, yeah. okay, you got to sing and dance and act. That's already hard, okay? It's already a lot, okay? Usually, the job of orchestra is a whole other job <laughs> done by a professional <laughs> musician <laughs> who went to school, yeah, just for clarinet, okay? They studied their whole life just playing clarinet. Whoever that score was designed for was the person that only focused on that. <laughs> So then the people nowadays, because it's like a cool thing, but I think actually it's for producers to save money, is they they bring on these actors that happen to be super talented, super talents like Kelsey. Okay. And they're like, uh, hi, um, oh, this is cool. Um, we're going to make you learn not just one job. That's already hard. You know, singing, dancing, acting. We're going to make you learn everybody's job okay everyone's job all at once by the way so like good luck um everyone's job by like very soon because you know someone's gonna get hurt and you're gonna have to go on so good fucking luck and and you gotta also be the orchestra hope that's fine okay bye and like mm. like talk about work-life balance that doesn't exist here any kind of corporate abuse that doesn't exist i really think the job of a swing if i'm like i don't really care i'm gonna say the truth i think it's Unless you're a freaking genius or you're given an, uh, enough time truly to absorb all those parts. Like say you started off as an understudy and then you became the dance captain and then it's your job to learn and then, you know, and then you start to swing. You, you understand it organically and slowly. But it is like I think kind of abusive to people to be like, hi, uh, you have to know all this now because uh, good luck. You know, it just, it's not, if we talked about that in a corporate setting, the amount of hours that were put in after 
time, like your job is to show up and go to work pretty much in any other setting anywhere else. But then it's like you show up to your job and your boss is like, hi, you're going to be doing Ashleen and Annie and Sarah and Laurie. And, uh, you know, you're going to be doing everybody's job too. Hope that's fine. Also, we're not going to acknowledge you for doing this. Any of this work. Hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's probably like, like the best feeling is when like you are, you know, you put in five times the amount of work and then nobody even knows or cares that you exist. That was like a whole other level of thing that I had to get over in that job. Yeah. So, I mean, I could talk and again, whole podcast about this, but it's cool, but, and it's cool. And it's, and, and that's the thing is, is like, obviously the bare minimum is to honor those people that are doing this job. Yeah, Like bare minimum is to respect them and honor them and treat them with grace and kindness. And that doesn't even happen a lot of the time. So, you know, it, this is more of an educative statement <laughs> to those who don't know what it is. You be fucking nice to the swing. Always, always. Yeah. Because they're there to save your ass. First of all, because without them, like, Good, yeah, no, they're the ones that are coming in to save you. And the amount of work and responsibility and pressure and fight or flight mm -hmm. that is just shot through their body all the time, and the expectations that are held that okay, they're just supposed to come in and like know it just as well as you've been doing it for eight times a week for three months and then they've never done it. And then all of a sudden there's like a thousand people in the audience watching them. Like, mm -hmm. can you even imagine? Like just put yourself in that situation for a second. But, but anyway, I, I say this not to be like, God, that sucks so much as like, it's, it's an, it's, it's a hard job and you fucking did it and you were good at it. Aww. And you did, and you also were a professional musician at the same time. And they're just like, are like, people just do not understand the amount of talent and sheer like gall someone needs to be like, yes, I will do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to kick ass at it. Like, so that statement is to flatter you, but also just it's the truth, you know, it's just anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I definitely changed me as a human. I, I don't know. If, I don't know. I was like, I think again, I, what Sarah is saying is like, it was extremely challenging. And I would say that 90% of the time I felt very supported by those around me, but you know, about 10% of the time I didn't feel that way. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. And, um, anyway, maybe that's why I left the business <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> Well, I did literally everything you could ever do in a show, so that's it. I don't it. need to be here anymore. I, I guess I'm good. Bye. It's gonna be all like, folks. It's like the Hillary, the Hillary Duff thing, where she's like, "Well, that's my life." Hope you had that like that like a meme that's going around with the Disney Channel. Have you seen no, that? No, I'm like so bad. I don't oh know anything. I'll have to send that okay. to you where she literally is. Just I'm like, like off social like, media, really. So I don't know. Oh, good for you, dude. How's your heart holding up with that? Probably you're super healthy and like happy and like you're like, wow, I feel so good about my life. Yeah, I don't know. I like honestly, I um well, I was on it so much, you know, during 2020 because that was like mm -hmm. everyone's lifeline. And then it just got to this really unhealthy level and of like just being on Instagram and just like scrolling on these strangers' accounts. 
I'm like, who are these? Why am I looking at these people? Like, what am I doing? And I'd be like, oh man, my life, la la la. So I um I actually was dating somebody um brief very briefly in the fall into like the new year, and he wasn't on social media. So I was like, all right, let me try, you know? And then I was like, all right, that's the way. Like I I don't have the apps on my phone. Sometimes I'll pop on the Instagram, you know, just for a sec. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, it's not really serving me. But I don't really have anything to like, like for you, like you're promoting your, the podcast and like all these things, you know, for me, I'm just kind of like going to work and, you know, I'm in a relationship, committed relationship and I'm in school and I'm just like, you know, doing my thing. So I'm like, why do, you know, I don't have anything to be like, oh, I'm doing this or Look at this. follow me on this, yeah. you know, so. It it works for so nice many people feeling. and it's a great tool and it's a, it's great for marketing and getting things out there. But for me right now, I'm like, I don't need it right now. Not, yeah. not, yeah. No, and yeah. that's wonderful. And like, I really resisted. It's like, even still, I like, I'm like, why do I, it's like almost like a personal val- like violation. Like it's like a boundary that I have, but, but in, like truly like where I'm like it's just like kind of none of your business to see like I don't really care to share this so why would I you know but at the same at the same time the positive end of it is like it's free mm-hmm. marketing how am I going to connect with people if they don't right. even know I exist yeah so that's the real it's you very know, beneficial I work with this girl in that way mm-hmm. yeah it is and like someone like I work with Emily who like has a huge following and she's very present and then yeah. she sends people to mm-hmm. me, right? And then I connect with them and then they keep coming back. So I'm like clearly doing something right. But then there's a part of me that's like, okay, wait, if I was just visible though, to more people like, you know, how would that mm-hmm. be? You know, like I, I think there's a lot of fear too of being like, I don't want people to see me that much. Like I don't want to, I don't, the truth is I don't want to make a mistake or say something wrong to have people come after me. So I'm j- I'd rather just be small back here and like not even try. You know, that's, but like, also like, when is that just privacy? You know right. what I mean? Like, where's the line? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say that sometimes I'm like, oh, darn, I don't know what's going on with like these people's, you know, like I would say like my closest friends and the people that like I want in my life and I want to see, or I want to connect with, like you reaching out to me to do this podcast, even like it's going to happen. You know, yeah, that's gonna happen with those people, and but then there's like those those fr- those people you used to work with, or you know, you met them once, and you're like, I'm, oh man, I don't know what they're doing. But then I'm like, I would know, yeah, if you know they needed to be more in my life. You know, if you know, I would know. So yeah, yeah, I would connect with them. I would reach out. They would reach out to me. You know, so it's. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like in my own bubble. I don't know, but whatever. That's great. But that's such, that's a good place to be. I really admire that actually. I think that's great. And I kind of, I'm actually envious of that because if I, I think on a personal level, I would much rather like truly keep some things to myself. If I'm honest, sometimes I like to show off. I like to be like, look at this. Like that's just a trait <laughs> yeah, that I have. Yeah, great. You know, I don't, I'm like, listen to me sing. Or listen, look how pretty I am. I feel so pretty today, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, it's 
uh, honest. Like, you know, right? sometimes we do like to yeah, be like people that. People are like, you're same... so pretty, you know? And they're like, like, thank you. Yeah. I feel pretty. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. pretty. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I agree. You know? Yeah. No, for <laughs> Sounds sure. so vain of me. But I mean, but I think it's okay no, to be it. like, no, I'm, I'm not, am I a supermodel? No, but am I, am I happy with my face? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Good for me. Yes. We're very happy with your face. Thank you. You're happy with Sarah my face too. I'm happy with your face, face. everybody. Thank you. <laughs> so does Kelsey. I was just like, oh my God, you look so I pretty. I put makeup on. I know. I was like, my hair. girl, you look gorgeous. I was like, wow, let me like dust off this makeup kit. <laughs> I haven't put makeup <laughs> on in like weeks. Right, same. Like I put some on today too, just because I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put on makeup. And then like my students like are used to seeing me looking like rather slovenly, yeah. I think. And then yeah. I like come on and with makeup, they're like, Guess you look pretty today. And I was like, Okay, come on. I know. I'm like, I know. I usually get like what's different or like, where are you going? Like I'm like mm. They're so surprised. They're like, What? Yeah. Anyway. That's so- it's fine, yeah. But let's okay. So we have to wrap up here in the next like ten minutes or so. But I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your transition out of showbiz and yeah. into pursuing becoming a child life specialist, which is you know yes. a big exciting thing. And I know you've talked about that for a long time, and I'm so excited to hear and like yeah. what the courses you're in or like how how you what it is and how you come to do that. Mm-hmm. Let me try and say it quickly. Um, so obviously I did cabaret and that was an experience. After that, I was kind of, again, one foot in, one foot out of the business. I did a couple of regional shows here and there. And then I was like, um, I need to do something else that's more fulfilling. I don't really know. So I got my yoga certification and then COVID hit and I was like, oh boy, but let me backtrack actually. So I did cabaret and I got off tour and I was always like a babysitter slash nanny slash caregiver, whatever you want to call it, kind of as like my side gig or my side hustle while auditioning. So I fell back into that. And my roommate at the time was working for a family that she couldn't really keep up with. She was like, I don't have the time. I'm doing something else. Like, Kelsey, do you want to take over this family? Like, they're really great. So I started working for this amazing family. And um, they had two boys. And I think at the time they were three and five or maybe two and a half and five. So the five-year-old had has autism. And I would say it's more on the severe side, um, not very verbal and behaviorally. Sometimes he would um, have some pretty um, violent behaviors, not towards me, but just some outbursts, you know, trying to express himself. And sometimes his actions were on the violent side of things, let's say. But I like, I like loved him. And I loved being his babysitter and I loved his parents and I loved his brother and how much they were just a family. And that boy had a behavioral therapist that would come to their apartment and work with him. And I was with this family for about a year and it was insane to me how much he had 
progressed and grown and just not changed, but like just learned in this year working with this therapist. And, you know, I would be there, she would be there and I would talk to her and I was like, wow, like I would think in the back of my head, I was like, I have so much experience with kids. I love kids so much. I could, I could do this. Like I could do something like this. And I was like, I would ask her questions about her schooling and stuff. And she was like, oh, I'm into grad school, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go to grad school. I don't know. It's so, like so much money. It's like loans. I don't know. So I'm kind of like thinking about this. And I right. end up going to my friend's wedding the summer after we get off tour. So 2018. And I'm talking to my friend's friend and she's a nurse. And I'm like, She's like, are you still performing? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. But I, I, I kind of want to work with kids, but I don't want to go back to too much school, blah, blah, blah. She's like, huh. She was like, I really think you'd be so good at this job that, like, I work with these people at the hospital. Like, she told me at the time, she was like, it's a child life therapist. And I was like, what's that? Like, I had never heard of that. You know, I don't have kids in the hospital setting, thank God. And, you know, I just, I, um, you know, so I was like, tell me more. So she was talking about it. She was like, yeah, there's like these great women, like they come around and they have all these toys and they like play with the kids and they like help them with their procedures. And like, the kids are so happy. And I was like, wow. And I like literally went home like that night and I like Googled it. And I like went online and I was like, this is, this is it. Like, I want to do this. And at that time I was like about to go away to do a couple shows out on Long Island. And so it kind of, again, kind of went on the back burner. And then I kept kind of going back to it. I looked it up again. And then I was like, there's really no clear path. I already have a degree. Do I need another degree? I just had all these questions, but I, I kept going back to it. I kept going back to it. And I, um, yeah, so I guess like, so I got my yoga certification, COVID hit and I was like, okay, maybe I'll be a yoga teacher. I don't know. And then the place where I got my certification closed and like didn't reopen after everything reopened. So I was like, I guess like that might be a sign that I like didn't, shouldn't be doing this. So I was like, let's see. So I ended up actually applying to the Peace Corps, which was like also a very exciting thing because I like ended up getting placed in Thailand and I was going to be an English teacher, but then they weren't reopening because COVID was still around and it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Like technically I was supposed to be there now, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I need to do something. So I looked back into the child life specialist and I don't know if they had revamped their website or maybe this was just something that I had found now and it was just meant to be, but it was like clearly laid out exactly what I had to do. It was like, if you have a bachelor's degree, take these classes to qualify for an internship, to qualify to, for the exam, to qualify to be certified. And I was like, okay. And I found like an online program. So I'm currently halfway through my 10 classes. I'm taking 10 classes and um, I go to University of California, Santa Barbara online. 
and yeah, so I've taken, I'm in a, I'm taking child development class right now. I've taken, I, I already took another child development class. I've taken death, dying, bereavement classes. I've taken just general child life specialist 101 class, therapeutic play class. I, it's, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. Every second. I was like, I never want to go back to school. Like, you know, years ago. And I'm like, I am so happy. I love learning this stuff. It's just, it's great. I, um, I, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's very fulfilling, which is very exciting. So that's that, I guess, like, I just, um, I love kids. I love working with kids. I wanted to work with them in a different capacity. I, um, was told about this job. I, I remember be I remember being told about it and getting full body chills and I was like this is what this is it. I was like this is what I need to be doing. And I'm on the I'm on that path. I'm going to do it, you know. I'm on I'm early on in the path, but I am on it. You're and on um, it. you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I currently work for this amazing family in the city. I'm like a nanny/ slash um, house manager kind of position, but anyway, they're great. And, um, yeah, it just, it feels, it feels really good. It feels good to be with a great fam, working with some great kids and a great, with a great family. And then also being able to pursue this new dream. You know, my dad said way back when, you know, I was talking a lot about my childhood and my mom passing and my dad and I were, are still close, but were so close. And we talked a lot about me going into musical theater, you know, because it's not exactly the most stable work environment. And, you know, you never know when your next job is going to come along. And we talked a lot about it. And we were both really big believers in like, I'll do it until I don't want to do it. You know, it's not the end all be all if I want to walk away, you know, there's a million things I could do and you, you do it. You love it. You don't love it. You want to do something else, do something else. And I think having that support and that mindset from like a young age, I guess, like, you know, 18 years old, it's just, it's helped me kind of navigate it all and be like, all right, you know what? That's it. You know, I'm going to stand true to who I am and I'm, I'm just, I'm going to do something else. I want to do it. I'm not a failure. I'm not a sellout. I'm not, I'm not untalented. I did it. I worked, I loved it. And now I want to do this and I am so happy. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. I mean, I, I, I think people should hear that because I think they're, if they're a young prospective student, there's this idea that like, this is it. This is what you're signing up for. Better go get famous now. And it's like really not realistic because a lot of the people, especially in the Broadway world, there is no residuals. There is nothing that is going to, when you're not actively working in a job, if it's straight up from theater, that's going to support you between these gigs. Like you're a freelancer mm -hmm. and you get paid by the hour. Right. And that's, right. that's how it works. And and it's not realistic to be telling kids like, well, if you have a fallback plan, then you're just going to fall back. Like that's like not good advice because here's the deal. Real life, you know, people are good at many different things. And I think the only true waste of 
your time is not taking advantage of all of the things that you were like as a person are good at because I like truly believe this is like my own belief but that like we have gifts and talents that for a reason because we're meant to do them and you can have multiple gifts and talents and you can have multiple ways of connecting with people and you have to follow your heart but just because you followed your heart when you're 18 and it led you down a certain path doesn't mean that's going to be the same path when you're 30 and it's okay right. to change and it's okay to move and it's okay because because you're human and and if you're meant to change it'll feel right it'll feel right to move and shift it'll happen mm -hmm. Organically, like you said, it happened organically to audition for musical theater. It happened organically. It seemed like almost magically even to be outlaid completely all of these steps. I felt that very much mm -hmm. when I started teaching. It was like I had Emily on. We talked about it. She's like, you should come teach with me. I was like, okay. Signed up. I was like immediately got students. It just like funneled in full-time job. All of a sudden, like hundreds of people teaching and connecting helping it got better and better people come back like you get stronger you become confident you're like damn like I'm like really okay just doing this now like I don't need yeah. this other thing because when we bank our whole life and our whole existence over having something that we don't even truly know what it is until we get there that's like a dangerous place for not meeting your own expectations. And if you're a high achieving yeah. youth like us, like straight A's, always good at things, winning, 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 pretty talented, mm -hmm. smart. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, smacked in the face with the reality of what a business is because it is a business. It's corporate America in theater. That's what commercial theater is. It is corporate America. And if you're not prepared for the realities of that, it's going to be a hard rude awakening when it happens and everybody's going to experience it in different ways. They're going to have different stories and successes and paths with it. But I like to go into that, into other people's journeys with it because like, listen, if Kelsey's like working as, you know, a child life specialist somewhere and has free time and is like, you know what? I want to do a musical. I can almost guarantee you that you'll have just as much joy doing it literally anywhere, even if it's in your local community theater, than you would working in a commercial stage. Probably more joy. Yeah. Because I will say like I did a community theater thing, maybe kind of like not. Well, I can't give too many details because it might not have been allowed. <laughs> But I did it for free, so y'all can fuck off. Cause like I didn't get paid, right? Yeah. Like it was just for You're my. It was like, paid. yeah, it was like community service, right? But I enjoyed that yeah. much more than any commercial job I've had. So. <sighs> the, if the joy is yeah. why you're doing it, just know the joy is your responsibility to uphold, and the joy is, is your right, and you can find it anywhere. And if it's not bringing you joy, and that's the whole reason why you're doing it, why are you doing it? Why are you doing something that's right. not bringing you joy? If that's the whole reason why you entered the career, right? So anyway, yeah. I, I really admire your pivot and I admire your, your trajectory and just listening to each next step. And like, I think it's fascinating that the universe was like, oh no, oh no, like closing these doors, even yeah, so much yeah. as the Peace Corps and like mm -hmm. align you and they're like, hello, hi, boom, 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 like big flashing lights. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. So I think too, like I will say if anyone out like if anyone out there is listening, but like if anyone is listening to this, I don't know, and can resonate with this, I just it did take me a really long time to kind of find peace with the pivot. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen 
it didn't, you know, it didn't happen overnight. And I did have a lot of doubts again about like if I was doing the right thing or if, you know, I was giving up, et cetera. So I do want to just say that like, no matter where you are on the journey, just like listen to your gut, you know, because it's like, it'll guide you, I guess, or just, um, you're not alone maybe. Um, like it's okay. You're not a failure. It's okay. You're not alone. Many people have left the business, you know? Um, and it's, yeah, listen to your gut and just take it day by day and just listen. Yeah. Listen to the signs, listen to the, you know, closed doors in your face or like the open windows, you know? Yeah. Whatever. No, that's beautiful, Kelsey. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I just want like I, it makes I don't sense. Know. There's no rush. It's no rush. It's gonna happen in the time. It's gonna unfold yeah. how it unfolds. And we operate right. very much on timelines and dates. And I expect this to happen yeah, then. Yeah. And like literally, we have no control over that. Like the five year plan like and like <laughs> plans and like being, you know, I don't know. I could I could go into it a lot more, but um. Yeah, everyone like it's a plan. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like doing this thing right now, and I feel really good. I, I think that's all you need, though, and I think that's kind of yeah, like a good place to wrap up because I think at the end of the day, it's like all you need is to be here now, and if in this moment it feels good to be doing what you're doing, like obviously if you're not like doing drugs or like destroying your life, obviously that not that, but right, like right, if right. it feels good to be aligned, like wow, this thing feels right. Yeah. It feels right, then it's right. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah. It's fine. You know, it's great. It's fantastic, actually. So anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Kelsey, for sharing your journey yes. with us today and your story and being so generous with that. And we really appreciate you coming on here to talk with us. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like honored. Oh. I mean, you reached out to me. I was like, me? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> but then I was like, then I like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, that is me. I was like, Jack of all trades, master of none. That's okay. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. See ya. Bye. And that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed and you got some good information. Say maybe you're a person that's thinking of stepping away from the entertainment industry or you have other interests. Remember, there's no particular way of doing things. And I think that's why I love this podcast so much, getting these messages out to people because live your life, like do the next best thing for you and it'll unfold from there. Um, And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful week. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review that helps us to get these conversations out to other people who may need to hear them and want to hear them. Don't forget to follow us on social at Jack of All Trades underscore podcast on Instagram. And if you want to hit us up, send us an email, Jack of All Trades podcast 2020 at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Also, if you got someone you know, that would be a good guest that does a lot of things. Or maybe they're a master at something cool. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's you and you just want to chat. Hey, listen, hit me up. We'll get you on here. And uh, I will talk to you next time. I hope you have a lovely week. And until then, see ya.